Here's what awaits your ear holes in this episode of Three Shots In. An egg-shaped craft was hovering above them all. He had no memory of the trip home and found a fine blonde hair tightly wrapped around his foreskin. They would go to, quote, the ranch. It was like Big Brother was watching you. The camera light would sometimes come on when I hadn't checked in. They'd get a sick pleasure out of it. Quote, it's because you're fat, so this is all your fault, so this is your punishment. This is Three Shots In. And today, we're talking about... Shotheads. This is Jess from the Three Shots In podcast, here to let you know that we're continuing the show after our unannounced hiatus. I've had to take a step back from the podcast. I've been editing everything solo for the past few months and I just got burnt out, but it's given me the opportunity to make some changes, make the editing process smoother, and keep Three Shots In about fun and good times, which is what it's always been about. Jake is still a huge, big-nosed part of the podcast. He's just been incredibly busy, so... While I plan and prep for a new season of the show, we'll be releasing five unaired episodes from last season to our patrons first and then to the public, and hopefully not long after that we'll be back at it posting weekly episodes and going live with you for drinks and for laughs. For now, thank you guys so much for continuing to listen and for all the love and support. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Three Shots In. I am Jake. And I'm Jess. This is episode 34. 34. Last week, we talked about winners, and today we talk about... Losers. Fucking losers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty excited about this one. I found quite the loser story. The biggest loser. Hot reality show? Uh-huh. Or scary scandal? Oh, my gosh. I don't know that scary is the right adjective, but ooh, scandalous. Right. Yeah. A lot of okay. shit went down, and we're going to go into that later. Um, but first, we had shots of Skelly Vodka. Uh, Skelly Tequila. <laughs> Surprisingly not bad. I liked it. Was it was really Thanks. good. Yeah. Thanks, Grandma. Thank you, Grandma. We that was a that. gift to me. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. And just in time for spooky season. Yeah. Yeah, we're there. We're there now. We're in it. You know what's the spookiest of all to begin this season? What is? We don't have drinks today. No. <laughs> uh, Very, something spooky went down. Yeah, we meant to something. record... Something spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> we meant to record much earlier, just as we were getting ready to begin recording. Uh, we got a boil warning um, put out to the city that E. coli had infected all of our tap water. Yeah, so, they, they tested two different areas twice and it came up with uh, dangerous levels of E. coli. <laughs> uh-huh. Dangerous enough to put out a citywide warning to boil your water before you use it, including like brushing your teeth and washing. Yeah, it was your like, face. do not take a shower, do not wash your face, do not brush your teeth, do not do any of this. Now, mind you, I'm sure a lot of that is them just covering their asses. Probably, because I'm, I'm sure ingesting it is really the only way to mm-hmm. get E. coli. But who knows? Maybe it gets in your eye and you get pink eye or something. No idea. You know, because it's all that all that poop water, all that doo doo water. <laughs> in uh, the systems in Tyler, mm-hmm. Texas over here. That's supposed to be fixed, though, in another day Yeah, so. it said, it, well, less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. They're going to do an entire treatment and blah, 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 or whatever. We'll see. Unfortunately, though, that is the reason why we don't have drinks today. Yeah, no, we don't, because we were going to use the water to mix with the Agua Fresca powder mix to make mango, and we were going to put uh, tequila. some tequila and we had mango flavored tequila. Mm-hmm. We were going to add that to it. We were going to put lime. lime. It was going to be so tasty. It was going to be awesome. I really was excited to try it. But, you know, say lovey. 
Uh, it happens. Um, I also happen to know that uh, our mother, who is bringing fresh water to the house, mm-hmm. the house of Pooh that you now live in, uh-huh. um, she's bringing water. And she's also bringing us cold Mexican beers. So we will have that to carry yeah. us through the evening. <laughs> Mom to the rescue. Yes. In the meantime, uh, Jacob, you got any updates for us? Um, honestly, so, you know, yes, my wife is pregnant and she's like 20 something weeks now, 23, maybe. Um, the baby is the size of a chinchilla. It officially, <laughs> officially weighs over a pound. Oh, that's like this big. Yeah. That's officially cute. weighs over a pound, which is nice. And Danny was like, you know, she's feeling big cause like she no longer gets slim anymore. It just mm-hmm. stays out now. Cause you know, it used to be, she was like small in the morning and then like end of the day was like, it looked like she was pregnant, like very pregnant. Um, and then next morning it's back to like, you can barely see a bump or whatever. No more. It is, it is there. It is always there. Fully out. Yeah. And, uh, I made the joke that I was like, oh yeah. in the next like month, like you're going to, your belly button's going to pop right out. Uh, and she looked it up and was scared because like there were like women that were like saying that like, uh, it can pop as early as like four weeks ago for her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my God, my belly button's going to pop. And like all these women are saying it's like crazy sensitive and it hurts and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And I was like, I don't think so. I've never heard anyone complain about their belly button when it pops. So I haven't, but I mean, maybe. I don't know. And she's like, she's like, well, like you don't like when you touch your belly button, it doesn't like whatever. And I was like, who touches their belly button? Now, occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean every other day because I'm a little OCD about it. I do a cotton swab inside my belly button. You really do? Yeah, I clean it. I have not touched my belly button in years. Well, because, see, it popped in my head, like, a long time ago, like, at a party. Like, people were doing body shots. Yeah. And then I got, like, really self-conscious because I was like, no one can do body shots off of me. What if someone... Which, like, no one does body shots off of a dude. But, like, I was like... <laughs> Hold on. So then what's the concern? That you're going to do a body shot off of somebody and, like, suck up a bunch of, like, belly button lint? No. No, no, no. Because at I'm not doing body time. shots off of anyone because that's gross. Okay. But if ever in the situation where someone needs to do body shots off of me, right, they won't get gross, linty, like dead skin belly button mm-hmm. in their shot. They okay. just get, you know, skin. Yeah. So, yes, I clean it at least every other day. I never think about my belly button. I've been doing this since I was like 15. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go, you guys. If ever, update, if ever we have like a big three shots in bash or something. We will. You come out to see us and, you know, we're doing body shots. Do one off Jake because he's prepped. Uh, what about you? You got updates? I don't think you had anything. Not really. Just that you don't clean your belly button, right? I just don't. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. It's a big update, I think. It's pretty small. I don't think very many people bother with their belly buttons. Like, mm. it's not a very involved okay. part of the body. But if someone were to do a body shot off of you, like off of your belly, from your belly button, you wouldn't be worried? You would just pour it in there? Yeah, it's alcohol. You'll be fine. So yummy. That's disgusting. Well, it's time, Jessica, to spin the wheel then, if we're all done with our updates. It is. That's true. Go for it. Really strong spin there, Jess. Thank you. (laughs) The mic's probably a little too close to it. Ah, okay. You're lost in space. Which sci-fi movie cast do you call to rescue you? I got it right away. The cast of Star Trek. Which one? Any. Any Star Trek? Yeah. They're very organized. I think I'll be okay. Okay. That's it, though? You're done? Yeah. That's my answer. Just Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Okay. You you want to get spocked? I wouldn't mind getting spocked. It's when you put, instead of a shocker, it's a, it's a spocker. Highly illogical. I know you exactly. Know? Okay. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Um, no, I'm going to go with the cast of Firefly. Okay. 
If you haven't seen the show, go watch it, right? Like, it's worth watching. Firefly and then Serenity. It, it is. It's really good. It's really good. I think that I would have a fantastic time, uh, like, drinking it up with, uh, I'd be able to, like, you know, be, like, the little jester for, like, Mal and for uh, Jane. Yeah. Right? We would all just drink and, and have a hoot. Yeah. Um, Zoe wouldn't like me too much, but that doesn't matter. Then, um, once I drink them under the table, which I would do, uh, then I would go and I would have sex with Kaylee. Oh, Okay. We would have just crazy, amazing sex. Uh, I would, you know, they drop me off the next day and I'm gone and just thinking I had the best time ever because I did. Uh, I really didn't satisfy Kaylee, you know. She oh, she wanted right. it way more crazy than I, I was see. I was willing or able to give. Right. I didn't, I didn't satisfy her. Okay. But they'll always remember me and I'll be safe. All right. It's cool. And they have a doctor on board, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I got this thing on my back that like maybe he can look at. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So you're killing like six birds with one stone there. Yeah. You're lost in space and then you get a whole bunch of other shit taken care of yeah. too. And I made lifelong friends. Actually, it sounded like, sounded like maybe you didn't. Well, no, but I think I will. You know, I call them all the time and they're just always really busy, you know? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that, those kind of friends. Okay. Well, I mean, that was a really fast wheel. It was. It was. Um, it's crazy how much, how quickly that time passed. You know, I feel like, I feel like I lost a little bit of time there. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jacob. Yes. Nice segue into what my topic is today. Segways is what I do. Okay. I'm You're fantastic just the best at, segways. at segways. So I wanted to talk about people who lost something, not okay. necessarily a competition or a race or something like Maybe that. Maybe they lost a child. I didn't want to talk about that. Didn't talk about that. No. Okay. No, no, no. I specifically thought of something I've talked about before, and that was people who have lost time yes like you know i saw a bright strange flash of light from the sky and then suddenly it was two hours later how did this happen type of stuff right i've talked about that before and i found a few more stories uh to that effect so i'm going to share those and they they have a common connection with them other than losing time no they don't no they just lo all lost time okay in some way Okay. Probably aliens. I was going to say, the last time you talked a lot about aliens. It was aliens. You aliens caused the time loss. But similar to last time, maybe some of you will think that it's not aliens and it's something else more explainable. See, we talked about this before the <laughs> recording and I stand by it. Your, the stories that you tell when you talk about specifically like aliens uh -huh. is 99% that is absolutely fucking stupid and <laughs> not true and that person is dumb and one percent of but maybe, maybe <laughs> well that's all it takes be, though if yeah. i can give you just one story that's like hmm thought provoker when i sat down my chowder was hot <laughs> <laughs> two hours it's been three hours now, and now my, my chowder, chowder is, is cold. cold yeah well all right we'll begin Okay. We begin first with one report taken from the files of peter davenport of the national ufo reporting center a.k.a. New Fork. Wow. A 17-year-old was riding his motorcycle to his girlfriend's house in Columbus, Nebraska, in order to meet her parents for the first time. This was September 5th of 1966. Oh, okay. A while ago. Long time ago. But um, another little fact I read about alien interactions or encounters or whatever, a lot of them seem to be around like the late 1960s for some reason. Okay, does it say who her boyfriend was? The 17-year-old who was riding his motorcycle. He decided to remain anonymous. Okay, it was probably Lyle. He was supposed to arrive that night at 9 p.m., which wasn't a problem. He lived about a mile away. Before he could get there, he encountered 
a bizarre object which was, quote, completely circular. They always are, right? They are. And was around 100 feet above him. He said it was too dark to make out what it looked like. He could clearly see green, red, and yellow lights on the underside of it, though. And that reminded him of spokes on the wheel of a bicycle. He also described that it made a low humming sound that resonated through him. He said when he realized it was completely stationary, despite being suspended in the air, he gassed it. No okay. thanks, I'm leaving. That's fair. He claimed that his the wheels of his motorcycle spun in the dirt and his engine was roaring, but the bike didn't move. Okay. He tried gassing it a second time, nothing. Then, like waking up from a dream, he was traveling down the road again to his girlfriend's house, cruising at 25 miles per hour. So Pretty he, slow. It is very slow, for a motorcycle especially. So he gets to his girlfriend's house. He is 30 minutes late, he finds out. The girlfriend, whoever this was, she also wanted to remain anonymous, ended up becoming his ex-wife. So when he reported his experience to New Fork in 2004, they had some questions for her as well. Okay. She saw him that night. Can she verify any details? She said that that night he was noticeably pale and jumpy. And when when she brought him in to meet her parents, he was oddly quiet and it took him about a month to actually tell her what happened. She claimed that his constant state of fear and occasional fits of panic lasted for many years. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's the end of that one. We'll move on to the next. He only lost 30 minutes. That's true. That's pretty good. Normally people lose hours or days. Right. So I'll take 30 minutes. Well, we have one of those in here. Of course. Next up though. Also from the files of Peter Davenport of New Fork, a story of someone who wished only to be identified as Mark from Minneapolis. He claims that he doesn't believe he's ever been abducted, but he does believe he's had two experiences in which he lost a significant amount of time in the early 1970s. He said he already got medically checked out to make sure that it wasn't something explainable. His very first experience, he says he's driving along the highway, Highway 10 specifically, in Oseo in North Minneapolis around 2 a.m. Okay. When he pulled into his driveway, he realized he had no memory of the trip home. He said it felt like when you pass out in one of the passenger seats and wake up when the drive is over. Oh, okay. 50 minutes had passed by. Oh. It should have been much, much less than that, but they didn't get specific about exactly how much less. Even stranger... A friend had been in the car with him. He also woke up when they were pulling into Mark's house. He also claimed he had no memory of the drive. Oh, that's weird. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, they moved on from it. There was no way to explain it, and there was no way to investigate, really, either. So his Were they high? He did not say as much. Okay. But also, it was like the early 70s, so. And it was Mark from Minneapolis, you know. I don't. We all know a Mark from Minneapolis, all right? You do, do you know what? Well, no, but like we all, you know, like the royal we. Right. Totally. <laughs> anyway, Mark's second experience was several months later. He got he had home. a second one? Mm-hmm. Okay. He got home from work on a Friday evening and woke up the next Monday morning. Whoa. He said he didn't actually realize that that much time had passed until a coworker asked him what he did over the weekend and he couldn't remember. Because he was on a bender. That's an easy explanation. Mark seems to be very convinced that it was not that. So he called around to his friends to see if they had heard from him the last couple of days. was still wondering if maybe it was psychological in nature. None of them had. That is strange. Does he normally call up his friends, hang out with friends on the weekend? Apparently. Hmm. Anyway, next up. This one was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. 
Okay, so it's real. So if you were wondering if it was legit, it is. 19-year-old Robert Matthews, he was an airman first class, October 1st, 1966. Oh my God. I know, it's the same year as the first story. Really weird. Real spooky. At 8.45 p.m., uh, he said his bus pulled up in front of a grocery store. The grocery store was called Dutra's Market in North Truro, Massachusetts. Uh, And they dropped him off there so that he could report for his first tour of duty. The Air Force Base wasn't too far from there. Okay. He said the bus driver told him to call the base. There was a payphone nearby and they would send a truck down to get him. So he called and they told him to wait there at the market. Dope. He told them, oh, this is a quote from Robert. He told me to stay there and there would be a truck there to pick me up in a minute. While I was standing there, I saw these lights moving from right to left across the sky. That's when I felt this fear. Robert said he called the base back immediately to tell them something strange was happening. But when he did, they asked where he'd been. They said the truck got there only five minutes after they hung up with him and he wasn't there. Since then, it had been an hour. Oh, he just disappeared wasn't there and to him it well, at least at least the military is very forgiving about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> super forgiving very understanding honestly though the air force if any of them was going to be it'd be that i mean i feel like they there's a there's a common line drawn at tardiness I don't and, know. and tomfoolery possibly yes yeah. possibly this next one i think it will shake you it will shake me yes okay a man in sydney australia named Peter Curry, claimed that on July 12, 1988, when he was about 16 years old, he was laying in bed when suddenly he was unable to move and surrounded by beings. One of these beings, they're very nondescript, inserted something that resembled a needle into his arm, causing him to black out. As soon as he came to, he ran around his house to check on his family, finding them in what he called a switched off state. Okay. When he woke them, They were all under the impression 10 or so minutes had passed, but in actuality, a couple of hours had, and an injury to his head was verified after this happened. Okay. Did his family see beings inject them with something? I don't know. Okay. This is Peter Curry's story. I'm so sorry, Peter. Not the Curry family's story. Right. Now, after this, he did recall something similar had happened to him when he was younger, back in his home country of Lebanon. Okay. He was about seven years old. He and a few other children had gone up to a neighbor's flat rooftop to play. Dope. He said that he was the last through the door to the roof that day. And when he got through and the door closed behind him, he turned and saw all of his friends were frozen, quote unquote, and that an egg-shaped craft was hovering above them all. He said all of them blacked out and all of them woke up at once on the ground floor of the house with no memory of how. Huh. Spooky. That's weird. But Peter would have a third experience, July 23rd, 1992. Okay. He'd returned home at around 7 a.m. after dropping his wife off at the train station. He was recovering from a head injury. So if he could have driven her all the way there, he probably would have. But with a head injury, he should probably, you know, keep it minimal. Okay. He said he felt unwell. He decided to lay down until he was startled awake and found two naked women kneeling at the foot of his bed. Oh. That's right. It's my kind of head injury, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) He described one as Nordic and the other as Asian. Okay. But that both of them looked odd. The Nordic woman had an elongated face with sharp angular features and blue eyes that looked oversized. She had fine wispy blonde hair that was very voluminous and very pale skin. I don't know what voluminous means. Um, it looks like big hair, you know? Oh, like voluptuous? Voluptuous hair? 
Is that that it? Usually when people say voluptuous, they mean like curves on someone's body. Like they have big old titties or a big I was thinking like your hair's got volume. Volume. That's what voluminous means. Volume. Voluminous. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry, I don't know every word in the English language, Jessica. (laughs) I didn't expect you to know every word in the English language. Anyway, so her hair had a lot of volume. (laughs) Continue. It did. (laughs) And her skin was very pale. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said the Asian looking woman had brown skin black hair black hair specifically that was firmly in a page boy style so like a bowl haircut okay like a monk but no hole in the middle (laughs) yeah yeah like that um like that kid from stranger things yeah actually yeah (laughs) Yeah. a lot like that um and he said that she seemed to have almost completely black eyes interesting peter said the nordic woman seemed to be the one in charge uh she was over six feet tall and strangely strong she grabbed peter and pulled his face into her breasts. Peter resisted. He tried to pull away. Okay. He did his best. But but he lost. over (laughs) and over, she kept burying his face into her tits. Peter said he was starting to become disoriented from all the... All the banging around. Yes. He said, in order to become free, he bit down on her nipple. Oh my God. Yes, so hard that he ended up swallowing a piece of it. Whoa. The woman didn't bleed or even seemed to be in pain. She simply gave the Asian woman a look as though they weren't supposed to be there. Or maybe this was the wrong time. Peter looked away briefly because he was coughing on the nipple. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) when he he looked up, they were both gone. Okay. He had a hentai dream (laughs) is what happened. He's a fucking weeb. You can't know that. When he was coughing, it caused him to need a drink of water. Okay. And that, after having a drink of water, you know, a lot of water, he had to pee. But it hurt. The store. What? What? What do you mean it hurt? It hurt to pee. Ow. Did, he, did they fuck his urethra? So he looked down and found a fine blonde hair, huh? which did not resemble his wife's hair, tightly wrapped around his foreskin. So he put it in a baggie as proof. Okay. Uh, Peter Curry has had more experiences over the years. Um... And he did form the UFO Experience Support Association, or UFOSA, a support group in 1993. Here are drawings of the women <laughs> who, who assaulted him. Draw- oh my God. <laughs> what a freak. That's all I've got for you, Jacob. That was so stupid. See what I mean? See what I mean? You deliver fucking all this shit. 99% of it is stupid, stupid, stupid. But then where did the hair come from? You know, like there's a there's a little sliver. His wife did not have fine blonde hair. Okay. Whose hair was it? I don't know. I have to say, I have had hair wrapped around my penis like it was tied there, but it's only been Danny's hair. From Danny. Same with Terry. Like we're not we're not talking about like other women, right? I've been with other women. None of their hair got there. It is specifically Danny's hair. And I'm pretty sure that's just because, you know, I've, I've, I've fucked Danny like way more times than like anyone else. Terry and I actually joke that it's a form of like claiming territory. <laughs> I, I think that it's, I think that you do it. I think that Danny straight up no. is like, like in the middle of the night, like lifting up my penis <laughs> and like getting the strand of hair and just like, <laughs> like casting a little spell, you know, like, yes, like you will think of me while you dream. And then like, you know, brings it to her face. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a spell. I think she's a little witch. Terry believes the same. Yeah. The worst though, you know, like right before you shower and you're naked in the bathroom and like, I feel like there's like, like an itch on my leg or something. So I go to like scratch my leg and there's a hair. And so I go to like pull the hair and it like, 
comes out of my ass cheeks like it's coming out of my <laughs> asshole you know like it's it gives you that feeling it's obviously it wasn't in my butthole but like it's sliding through my cheeks and i'm like oh god and it's just like it's like girl, the longest hair in the world like no <laughs> like end <laughs> yeah it's the worst it's the worst and it happens you know it just it just happens what is the word for when someone's bleeding out and you tie like a belt a tourniquet a tourniquet <laughs> <laughs> yes that's actually you know you've got a baby on the way that's something you need to watch out for well they, i'm having i'm having a girl though no no no. danny's hair will get around the baby's uh fingers and toes oh for me because i have two boys i also had to check their penises to make sure that my hair hadn't somehow wound around that too damn so maybe hair's just fucking evil hair's just little you think fucking like anaconda they're, they're trying actually, to strangle them like they're actually alive maybe they're alive mm-hmm. you got a little like medusa medusa right. strands mm-hmm. yeah totally um well thanks jess you're welcome i hate you <laughs> why uh, you're so much more educated now about the truth and you know how dangerous it is out there <laughs> the world is a scary place it is a scary thank place. you for bringing awareness the to galaxy that. is a scary place so scary um it is time for the break now it is so we're gonna do that Okay. Later. See you soon. You're fucking dumb. So I was looking through and I was like, I had found like the last one on the list, the military one. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Like that one actually seems like it could be true. That's interesting. Because the Air Force Base verified it. Military's pretty accurate. Right. So if they said that truck arrived at that time, I believe that truck arrived at that time. And then I saw a recommended article, and it said hair wrapped around foreskin, and I was like, wow! Formatted it is. It's formatted. Oh shit, you're recording. Sorry. Got my shitty accent. Oh shit, I've left my mess on the table. Fuck. loser no you gosh calling me a loser you know who loses who's the losers people that buy really crappy products that's true you know whose products will make you feel like you're winning i like winning who our sponsors that's right we'd like to thank tilted tinker woodcraft and wizardry they are a company that makes woodcraft products like plaques with all sorts of hilarious sayings and coasters with sarcastic twists. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories like dice towers, dice dungeons, and DM screens. Everything is made here in the USA. Yes, a family-owned business. They use American wood in American hands. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. Reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. That's Tilted, T-I-N-K-E-R. You should go and buy something from their website because they're awesome. And they love us, just like we love you. Jake. Yeah. So we're having a recording marathon tonight. Yeah, a little bit. Recording a lot of stuff. Uh Uh-huh. There's going to be a lot of drinking. A whole lot of drinking. You know what we should do to make sure that we don't have to suffer any hangover symptoms tomorrow morning? What should we do? Throw on a party patch, baby. Oh, it's so easy. Just open the pack, unstick it from the, the sticky thing, and then just put it right on your arm. Curb those hangover symptoms before they even begin. 
Go to threeshotsin.com, click the link for a party patch, and use promo code threeshotsin at checkout. 10% off just for you. That's our gift to you. Once again, here we are, and the holidays are just around the corner. They're breathing down my neck. You ever, you ever see someone, see a sad little loser, just give a really shitty gift? All the time. And everyone just looks at him and points and they laugh and they're like, ha ha ha, loser. Like you, you give bad gifts, loser. Every year. Yeah. Everyone sees it. If that was you once, guess what? It never has to happen again because for a gift, you can gift someone the gift of liquor delivered to their door. Through Pour More. That's right. A subscription service that brings new bottles of booze right to your door. Go to threeshotsin.com, click the link for Pour More, and buy the best gift ever. No one will call you a loser anymore. Ah, we're back from the break. What a refreshing break. Wonderfully refreshing. We have Coronas now. Yes, we were visited by my wife and my mother, and they brought us cold, refreshing Corona extras. Thanks, Mom. Jake, would you like to spin the wheel? Jessica's poorly sliced limes. Are perfect for the Coronas. No, I had to slice a different one. You're welcome. So. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Worked perfectly for mine. No, no, of course. Who would lose in a fight between ellipses question mark? So I think this is a, this is a you choose sort of situation. Like one delivers upon the other and we decide. You and Michael Sarah. Me. Beat the fuck out of Michael Sarah. <laughs> what the fuck? Do you think Michael Sarah would beat me in a fight? I feel like there's a 90% chance it goes exactly the way I expect, which is you win. Okay. But there's a 10% chance that there's some factor we're not considering and he's like crazy. Maybe. There's a chance. It's, I get it. There's get always it. a chance. I get it. But I, I think me. I win that fight. Okay. Okay. Uh, You and Jessica Beale. I'm going to say me. I do think she'd put up a really good fight, though. Yeah. She's just very skinny. Yeah, I think, you, I think you'd snap her in half. That's what I think would happen. I think she's very scrappy. I think you would tackle her to the ground, mm-hmm. and then the fight's over, and you don't understand why. Turns out you just snapped her spine. Yeah. She's now quadriplegic. Right. On the floor. Okay. Jason Statham mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise. Statham. You think Statham's got it? Yeah. I'd put my money on Cruise. Not They're only cruises. not only do I think that Tom Cruise has superior training, both in length and quality, but also I think he's a shady little bastard. And I think he'd pull out on top for sure. Like pocket sand or something. <laughs> <laughs> pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I guess I guess it would be it'd be a pretty close one. Current day Keanu Reeves. Ooh. Or current day Will Ferrell. They're both pretty tall. My mind is telling me Keanu Reeves. Mm. But my body is telling me Will Smith. And you mean Will I think Farrell? you said Will Farrell. I said Farrell. Oh, well, easily Keanu then. I thought we were talking about Will Smith. <laughs> no, I was like, I think Will Smith could stand a chance right there. Yes. I'd put that fight at 50 50 just because the same age. I think they're all the same age. OK, I could be vastly wrong, but Will Farrell, no, Will Farrell is probably older. But uh, Will Farrell and Keanu Reeves, Keanu. For sure. Okay. Doja Cat <laughs> or or Megan the Stallion? Megan the Stallion would absolutely annihilate Doja Cat. I agree, but she was the only one I could think of, and I didn't want to spend too much time thinking of someone else. Dude. Doja Cat except- or Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Doja. I, I would I would pay to see it. Because she'd, like t- she'd whip her ass and titties out and he'd be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when she'd claw his eyes out or something. Oh, my God. Those titties are bigger than my thighs. <laughs> Cardi B and Megan the Stallion. Ooh. Who wins that? I'm going to say Megan because she's got the reach. 
<laughs> Present day, right now. Okay. Megan the Stallion, mm-hmm. Toby Keith. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Toby. Oh, you know what? I actually haven't seen Toby Keith lately. No one has. He's disappeared. Oh, no. Oh, I hope he's not sick or something. He's probably being like body swapped right now from Hollywood. (laughs) Evil Hollywood doing their evil things. Okay. (laughs) Uh, No, I'd put my my money on Megan Thee Stallion. Now, mind you, I I think it's like 60-40 because if Keith gets one good punch in, fight's over. But I don't think he will. I think Megan Thee Stallion would bob and weave that shit. She'd finesse. Oh, she'd get him. Okay. She'd get him in the end. Okay, last one. Last one. Go. Helen Hunt or Sigourney Weaver? Modern day. Oh, Helen Hunt. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? Sigourney Weaver. I literally watched her do martial arts in The Defenders. She can't move quick. She just can't. And I'm not saying that Helen Hunt can't either, but also I think that if Sigourney Weaver gets a really good punch in, her knuckles break. Her fighting days are done. (laughs) She can't can't win those fights anymore. Okay. All right. It's time to talk about losers. It is. In fact, the biggest losers. Oh, no. So we're talking about the hit reality show the biggest loser it was like you know they're they're bigger people but they can still function in their everyday life mm-hmm. it oh. was like women that were like 240 250 pounds and men that were like maybe 300 um and they would send in like uh, audition videos and some lucky winners would get chosen to be on the next season of the show where they would compete to lose weight every week and you know get voted off whatever and then the winner is the person essentially that loses the most weight. And it's, you know, oh, like they lost so much weight. So Kai Hibbard, okay, struggled with her weight. She was a 26 year old. She was 5'6 and 265 pounds. Okay. So pretty big, especially for 5'6. Her friend kind of, you know, very subtly told her, quote, hey, I love you, but you're super fat right now and encouraged her to audition for The Biggest Loser. And she made it. Wow. Hibbard made the cut. Now, this was an interview between someone and Hibbert. She claims that the whole show was a fat shaming disaster and she's embarrassed that she ever participated in it. And that is cutting it very lightly. Okay. Okay. So now since it's premiere in 2004, right? The Biggest Loser, obviously they, you know, we just talked about it. They pit obese contestants against others to lose the most weight. Um, It had an absurd amount of viewers, right? It had 7 million people watching every episode, had... 200,000 people auditioning for the next season every year. Mm-hmm. It was been very successful. Um, about $100 million this show made just in ads, just in ad sales every year. Um, and then obviously more with all of their other little shit. They made video games and cookbooks and all sorts of shit. Right. Video games. They did. They, it was like We Fit. Oh, like the Biggest oh, Loser oh, We Fit game. Yeah. Um, and so Hibbert says that you think that you're so lucky to be there that you don't think to question or complain about anything. Now, contestants were obviously made to sign contracts right away that gave away rights to their own stories. Mm-hmm. So their their personal story was now, in, was now owned by NBC um, and it forbidden them uh, for, from speaking poorly about the show. That's pretty standard with uh, reality yeah, shows and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but once she was selected, Hibbard uh, flew to Los Angeles. She got to her hotel. She was greeted by her production assistant who checked her in and then immediately took away her key card to the hotel room. Um, because when not filming, she was to stay in her room at all times. What? Yes. Now, the hotel will report to the producers if she was to leave the room. And she said that the production assistant said that they were worried that she would speak with other contestants, which was not allowed. Why? You only speak to contestants when the producers have you all on camera 
to speak. Okay. Okay. So this was a, a different person, um, but we're kind of following the same story here. Um, he released some information to the post. Um, uh, this was all anonymous, but says that uh, when they first checked in, that a produ- production assistant also took their cell phone and their laptop for 24 hours, and then they returned it. Did they bug it? That's what everyone assumes. Uh, quote, the camera light on my MacBook would sometimes come on when I hadn't checked in. It was like Big Brother was watching you. That's so weird. Yes. Um, so now it says that the initial like process would select 14 out of the 50 that flew into Los Angeles, and those 14 would go on to compete. They would go to, quote, the ranch, okay? Mm-hmm. Now they live, they work out, and they suffer together. The remaining 36 people, by the way, are sent home to lose weight on their own, and they return later in the season to show, like, look, we did it. What? Yeah, kind of weird. I don't understand how it works. Anyway, um, those who remain, so the people, the contestants on the show, are not allowed to call home. Quote, you might give away show secrets, Hibbard was told by a production assistant. What secrets? That she couldn't just tell when she ended up home later. That someone went home during this week or whatever. I don't fucking know. Okay. Okay? I have no idea. Anyway, um, and after six weeks, contestants were rewarded. They were able to make one five-minute phone call supervised by production. That's so gross. Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten into the bad part yet. Um, She says that, uh, this is Hibbard, I know that one of the contestants' children became very ill and was in the ICU. He was allowed to talk to his family, but he didn't want to leave because the show would have been done with him. We'll get into more of that later. He might sound like a piece of shit, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Once the contestants got to the ranch, uh, they were given a medical exam, and then they began working out immediately. Okay. Anywhere from five to eight hours straight. What? Yes. Uh, Hibbert says there was no easing into it because she was told that doesn't make for good TV. She says that her feet were bleeding through her shoes for the first three weeks. Ew. That's right. My first workout was four hours long. Um, She says that she came into the show a few years before Hibbard. This is a different contestant. Um, She weighed uh, just over 300 pounds. And on her first day, she was put through a regimen of rowing, body weight work, kettlebells, uh, interval training, stairmaster, outside work with tires. Now, this was all constant. It was a constant circuit of all of this. When they needed a rest, or as the trainers called it, a cool down, they were put on the treadmill. (laughs) That's their rest, was the treadmill. Okay. Um, they said that at some point they thought they were going to die and that they just couldn't take it anymore. No shit. You haven't really been exercising probably, and now you're exercising for up to eight hours a day. Straight. That's not normal. In a day. Um, so the trainer would yell, get up, and didn't, oh, and then made a comment about how uh, they were overweight and that it made the trainer sick how overweight they were. So this person says that they got up and that she was just in shock, uh, that all the contestants would say to each other, like, what the fuck just happened, right? They have no idea the hell that they had just entered. Yeah. Couldn't they just leave when they wanted? We'll get into that. Okay. So the trainers, uh, this was observations from the contestants, uh, took satisfaction from bringing physical and mental collapse upon the contestants. Mind you, that's their opinion. Um, She says that uh, they'd get a sick pleasure out of it, they would say, quote, it's because you're fat. Look at all that fat you have on you. It's This is all your fault. So this is your punishment. Yes. Hibbard had the same experience as all this and said that uh, they would say things to contestants like, quote, you're going to die before your children grow up. You're going to die just like your mother. We've picked out your fat person coffin. What the fuck? That was a text message she received. <laughs> we picked out your fat person coffin. Uh, one production assistant had told Hibbard 
uh, that they should all take up smoking because that would cut their appetite in half. Jesus. Yes. Meanwhile, we're just talking about the exercise. We haven't talked about their diets. Calories were severely restricted. So the recommended intake, right, for someone of her height, whatever, is going to be about 1,200 to 1,600 calories every day. And that's going to be in the range of losing weight healthily to maintaining weight, right? Somewhere in there. The contestants were ingesting far less than 1,000 calories per day. Oof. Yep. Hibbard says that the bulk of her food was provided by sponsors of the show. So your gro <laughs> the grocery list that was given to them, right? So they were provided groceries for their food. Um, her season had a lot of, quote, Franken foods, like I can't believe it's not butter spray or Kraft fat-free fat cheese. That's the slices, by the way. Rockstar energy drinks and Jello. They're making so much money, they couldn't just get them they only gave them the food that the sponsors gave them to feed them. The fuck? Not blaming these sponsors. They probably had no fucking idea. Yeah. But yeah, that's what their diets consisted of was, wow. I can't believe it's not butter spray, craft cheese slices, craft fucking singles, rockstar energy drinks, and jello. Yeah. Anyway, um, at one point, uh, Hibbard says that uh, production had to do blood tests on all the contestants, you know, legally for medical purposes. Mm -hmm. And the show's doctor had prescribed electrolyte drinks. They weren't getting enough water and they were very, very dehydrated. They needed also um, like sodium in their system. And so it provided, said that they should all drink electrolyte drinks like Pedialyte or now they make Gator Light or whatever. Um, and then she says, but the trainer said, quote, don't drink that. It'll pull weight on you. You'll lose your last chance to save your life. But yes. that's not what the doctor said. But the doctor doesn't know because, because he's not a trainer. And these are fat fatties who are gonna die. Okay. Remember that? I do remember that. Okay, so extreme daily workouts and calorie restriction result resulted in uh, a very high weight loss, which is what the show wanted, up to 30 pounds in one week. I don't know if you've ever tried to lose weight, like- I never ever have. Um, two pounds a week is the healthy way to lose weight, generally. Um, typically, your first week, maybe two, if you really dive into it, you can lose probably up to 10 pounds in those two weeks, but then it steeps off and goes back down to that normal, two pounds a week-ish. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously contestants didn't do that because if they lost under 10 pounds a week, then the trainers would get very angry at them. Oh no. Um, saying if you reduce your calories to far less than 800 to 1,000 a day, then you will lose weight. When in fact, your metabolism will start to shut down. When you add five to eight hours of exercise a day, that's like, quote, running a marathon in poor shape five days a week. This was from a doctor uh, from the... Bowling Green State University. Don't know where that is, but you know, they're at a university, so. Um, it is surprising, this doctor says, that no one has been injured on the show. It's super surprising. That's like, not I true. Don't, I don't know, oh my God. It's not true at all. Okay. And there's, it's so dirty, what happens with the injured, okay? Oh no. Have you seen The Biggest Loser? Mom was really into it. Yeah. The first couple of seasons it was out. Yeah. And then it, we just kind of stopped watching and I was never really interested. But you've seen an episode. I think so. That's all you need to have seen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, contestants were injured very often. Okay. The first, uh, the first season winner, Ryan Benson had went from 330 pounds to 208 pounds. Now, mind you, this is a show that's filmed over like 12 to 16 weeks. So in at most four months, he lost 122 pounds. Yeah. That's rough. Okay. Anyway, after the show, uh, he was so malnourished that he malnourished that he began pissing blood. He had severe kidney damage, very close to kidney failure. Oh no! 
Benson later gained back all of his weight and he disavowed the show saying that it was a terrible experience and he fucking hated it. No kidding. In 2009, two contestants were hospitalized. One required an airlift from the ranch and 2014's Biggest Loser, the winner, Rachel Fredrickson became the first winner to generate concern because she had lost too much weight. She had dropped 155 pounds in just a few months. She appeared on the cover of People with the headline, Too Thin, Too Fast. She was only five foot four and was 105 pounds now. And she says that working out four times a day and within one month of the finale, right after, she gained back 20 pounds. Um, but. That's pretty moderate. So you've heard, you're sure, right? It's not that bad. Like yeah. she did pretty good. But, so you heard people are injured on the show. Yeah. You never see it though. No. No one's ever injured on the show. It never happens. It does. You just don't see it happen because. Edit. The production is fucking dark as shit. So one contestant had a torn calf muscle and bursitis in her knees. The doctor had told her that she needed to rest, but production told her that she was not allowed to rest. So they kept making her work out with a torn calf muscle. And I don't fucking know what bursitis is, but itis can't be good. It's inflammation. It sounds like in her knees, you said. In her knees? Yeah, okay. So they had ordered her to get on the treadmill and run. When she said, I can't, right? Because she was in so much pain. She was very seriously injured um, and she had to leave to go to the hospital. When the episode aired, they edited everything to make it look like she was lazy, bitchy, combative towards the trainers and that she quit and left all on her own. Whoa. They edited the whole thing to make it look like she was sitting down and not running because she just didn't feel like it anymore. Yikes. When really bitch was in <laughs> crazy pain. If I had a torn calf muscle, I would not be walking, let alone running on a treadmill. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, so Hibbard, uh, back to her, her health also declined dramatically. Her hair began falling out. Her period stopped. <gasps> no. She was only sleeping for about three hours every night. Um, she says that even to this day, which was about five years ago, she was on the show like maybe 20 years ago at this point or, you know, whatever, um, that her period is still irregular. Her hair still falls out and that her knees, quote, sound like saran wrap every time she goes up and down stairs. Her thyroid also has taken a shit. This all happened right after the show. Oh my God. Um, an, her and another of the quote losers had to start taking showers together because they couldn't lift their arms over their heads. So we ducked down so that we could shampoo each other. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, the trainers were unmoved. They would say stuff like pain is just weakness leaving the body. <laughs> We've heard that growing up. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, so another contestant said that her and her other castmates uh, had left with bad knees. There was one guy whose back was so bad he could only exercise in the swimming pool. And by the end of the show, uh, they were surviving off of 400 calories per day and eight to nine hour workouts. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, That's so unreasonable. She says that someone asked her where she was born and that she couldn't remember that her short-term memory was almost non-existent during that time, and even today still suffers very poorly, like very badly, I mean. Jeez. Yes. So now you ask like, why did they stay? Why didn't they just quit? Why didn't they just leave? Get, get the fuck out of there. So Hibbert says, you're brainwashed to believe that you're super lucky to be there. She saw a doctor after she left the show, and the doctor told her that she's exhibiting all of the signs of Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, Jessica, this is some Sanford Prison Project shit happening oh on God. reality television. 
What the fuck? Yes. Um, that she said that during the show that she was thinking, dear God, don't let anyone down. You will appear you will appear ungrateful if you don't lose more weight before the season finale. And that's how they all felt. Um, other contestants said that the harassment and the bullying um, just made them want to please the trainers more. That she had lost seven, this other contestant had lost seven pounds in one week, which is great. And she forced herself to apologize because she had lost 12 pounds the week before and she didn't do as good this week. Yeah. Uh, for Hibbard though, the low point came uh, when her and her fellow castmates uh, were brought to a racetrack. Um, this was like part of the games. Remember they had like like contests yeah. that they would do? So they were housed in, they basically lined them up in horse stalls as if like to race a horse, like a horse race. Um, and then when the bell went off, they had to run, uh, she says, neck and neck like animals, and they would pick up sacks that were filled with fat, fat to represent all the weight that they had lost on their journey so far. Okay. She said that she walked and that that was her form of protest. She said they, they edited the episode to make it look like she was lazy and that she didn't care about the contest. Uh, but really, she said that it was more than anything, it was just humiliating. So when Hibbard got home, her friend and her boyfriend took her to the doctor. Apparently she had such severe shin splints that the doctors had no idea how she was even walking. Ugh. That was just, you know, how it was. Anyway, after, so up. after all this information came out, the show's most famous trainer, Jillian Michaels, quit The Biggest Loser. Fuck you. For the third time. This is the third time Ugh. she's quit. And she said that she was, quote, deeply concerned about the show's, quote, poor care of the contestants. Now, look, if you watch the show, the trainers, they're barely there. Like Jillian and what was the other guy? Bob. Like, they were barely there. So then so who's texting them all this stuff about the, like the trainers and the producers, not Jillian and Bob, the other trainers, the non-famous ones. Oh, I see. So was she there and was she, were they talking terrible shit to the contestants? Probably not. But also there's no way they didn't see how malnourished and how I just don't fucking poorly treated they were. Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy it. Uh, anyway, NBC says that quote, our contestants are closely monitored and medically supervised that the consistent biggest loser health transformations over 300 contestants over 16 seasons of the program speak for themselves. They're saving lives. Uh, in 2016, several former contestants uh, that were on The Biggest Loser uh, all kind of banded together. They spoke out against the show and its abusive practices, uh, manipulation, and malnutrition that was given to them. Uh, most of the contestants who appeared in the competition all had put the weight right back on, right after. In fact, over two thirds of the contestants weighed where they were at before or more after leaving the show. Um, now this says that people were passing out in uh, one of the doctor's offices um, at the final weigh-in. They couldn't even walk. They had to basically wake up and splash water on the face to go out for the final weigh-in. And this was in season two. Um, one of them says that on my season, five people had to be rushed to the hospital uh, and that he knew exactly what we were doing and he never tried to stop it. By he, she's talking about the doctor. Um, we'll just name him because fuck the guy. Rob Heisinger. Fuck you, Rob. Yeah, fuck you, Rob. Get fucked, Rob. But remember we talked about those famous trainers, Jillian Michaels? Yeah. And the other one, Bob Harper? Also the girl. That's Jillian. No, there's another girl. Not a trainer. That was the host. No, there was. Uh, oh, that was one of the times that Jillian quit, and the other, the little mm -hmm. blonde girl. No, came there in. were three trainers, three teams. Oh. 
I don't remember. There that. was red, blue, and black, and Jillian was always black because that was the advanced one. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Bob. Uh, many former contestants had alleged that Bob Harper, quote, supplied contestants with Adderall and yellow jackets. What? Yellow jackets were pills that contained the FTA band ephedra, which promotes weight loss and boosts energy. He was giving them amphetamines. No. Yes. Uh, one of the one of the people, uh, Joel or Joel Gwyn, who appeared in the couples season, uh, said that Bob's assistant would tell participants off camera, "Take this drug; it will really help you," and hand them pills and water. Yep. Uh, season two, uh, Suzanne further revealed that contestants were encouraged to take amphetamines, water pills, diuretics, and throw up in the bathroom. Ugh. That'll help you lose weight before a weigh in. Oh, Go in and throw up boy. the four hundred calories you had today. <laughs> Uh, former season three contestant, Kai Hibbert, who we were talking about, has gained back two thirds of the weight that the biggest loser had helped her, uh, lose, you know, quote, helped her. She says that I have people that come up to me and talk to me and ask me why they can't lose 12 pounds in a week when I did. And she has to tell them that she didn't, that that was TV, that it was not healthy in the slightest, blah, blah, blah. You know, trying to be all healthy. Of course. Um, and NPC, NBC quietly canceled the show in 2016 when all of this started coming out uh, without really any notice. They just canceled it. Well, thank um, God. And they were going to get down to the bottom of it. <laughs> sure. They began their own investigation and in that the the findings of this investigation um, were, were not good, uh, but they still renewed the show and started it again. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. Full on, full on scandalous. I did not realize that was going on. Mm hmm. It's fucking wild, right? Oof. And they made millions while doing this. Mm hmm. And people watched it because, like you said, like or like I was saying earlier, like you watch the show and you see these people like not exercising and you're like, wow, like you're so fucking lazy. How are you not exercising? Like this is the one thing you have to do right. while you're here. Their implication, they're implying that they're working out a normal amount, maybe an hour a day. Uh-huh. That the exercises are simpler ones, but because they're doing it for so long for the first time, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And that then they go back. I can specifically rem remember now. Like, and it's so fucked up hearing all of these details. I can remember one episode where they had, it was like a, I don't know what you would call it. It was like one of the challenge moments. They weren't working out. Yeah. But they brought them all into a kitchen and they were like, cook dinner for yourself or something. And they kept looking at like, uh, like most of them were like, okay, well, let's look at what's the least amount of calories in here. And so someone was like, I'm going to have uh, chips with hummus and um, I'll have, uh, or someone was like, I found this lean cuisine pizza that was like, it was like the size of a saucer. Yeah. And they were like, that's only 130 calories or something like that. Cause it was like cauliflower or something like that. They're like, that's only a hundred and you know, however many calories, 200 calories. That'll be my dinner. And well, so they, for them, that's a, that's a big meal. Right. <laughs> so they were all making decisions like that. And you were like, what? No, you need more than that in a meal. And then all the, all of the trainers came out, the famous ones, Jillian included. And they were like, Basically, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Pizza? Yep. You should be eating. And they went out of their way to say you should be eating, like, up to this number of calories. And it was like a healthy number, go figure, because they were on camera. But you should be choosing these other healthier things. You need to think about protein. You yeah. need to think about fiber. You can fiber. have more calories if you're eating, like, half a pound of salmon. <laughs> That's good for you. Maybe not half a pound, but you know what I mean. Like, eat a, eat a big chunk of salmon. 
Right. Eat some fucking spinach. They came out and they like got on their cases and the the people in the room looked so confused. And in my head, I was like, how could you be confused? You're like, wow, you're all idiots. How are you hearing this for the first time? Yeah. They haven't said this to you already? Well, they were probably fucking scared to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking. It's up. fucking terrible. Wow. I know. That sucks. I know. Awful. I'm going to spin the wheel. Okay. What guilty pleasure makes you a loser? I don't think so I'm a loser things. at all. Oh. Oh. You said so many things. <laughs> so many things make me feel like a loser. Um, when I was in high school. Yeah. I used to think it would be, it used to be a fun thing for me that I thought would be like a helpful vocabulary booster, but also just fun. And I kept it up for like a week. It's not fun. You're reading the dictionary? Yes. And any word I didn't know, I highlighted. That's awful. I hope my daughter is nothing like you. <laughs> I'll have to bully her. I'll have to give her swirlies if she's, if I catch her reading the dictionary. Uh, there's definitely other things, but I have to really think about them. Um, okay. One guilty pleasure I have that makes me a loser. Uh, I reread, uh, two book series like all the time. Which ones are they? Are uh, they the Demonata? The books? Demonata books and the Cirque du Freak books. Wow. Yeah. They're like middle school level horror. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty loserish of me. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy to the point that I'll put it on and I'll like cozy up on the couch with like a blanket or something and watch videos of people building like tabletop RPG terrain, like, like creating fake trees, like painting them and, shit. and painting little <laughs> mini figures and stuff like that and building little styrofoam castles and stuff. You know what? I would call you a loser for that, but I'm not going to simply because you used to watch people clean carpets. I still do that. Okay. I think we satisfied the wheel. Okay. You and I are both losers. You're a loser. No, you're you're definitely a loser. You're a loser, and people like me. Just like they like this podcast. If you liked what you heard, which obviously you did, please like, rate, subscribe, and share. And visit our website at threeshotsin.com where we have links for you to follow. Show some love to our affiliates because then we get more money. Money. Love <laughs> it. Anyway, join us next week. Our topic is prison. Prison. Ooh. Behind bars, maybe someone's dropping a bar of soap. Talking about a little it's prison. a bad idea. Talking about a little prison rape. I don't. Maybe a little bit of prison rape. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> that. Ben Oval partner. You know what I mean? Who are you being? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Let's just end it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that was like prison prison rape like Ryan or something. Sure. Yeah. Well, know. we'll see you guys prison then. Prison rape Ron. Ron the Raper. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's my prison voice, you know? A problem. <laughs> you sound like Robert Downey Jr. pretending to be a black guy. <laughs> I know who I am. <laughs> I'm the I'm dude. I'm the dude. Just gotta just another dude. dude.